Hey, Unnaturalists. I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome to your special edition Thanksgiving <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Um, and holiday episode. It's our holiday episode. Well, in this episode, Emily, we're actually going to look back at a case that we covered a few years ago of the Thanksgiving butcher. Now, her name, Omaima Nelson, and she was a model who, back on Thanksgiving Day in 1991, she repeatedly plunged a pair of scissors into the chest of her newly married husband, Bill Nelson, who was a 56-year-old pilot. She hit him with a clothing iron. She even castrated and ate him all on Thanksgiving Day. Crazy story. We're going to get to that in just a few moments. Also, we have a list of some of the most notorious crimes committed on Thanksgiving. And most of these I had never heard of. There was a Thanksgiving massacre that was 20 years in the making. Also, a Colorado father who killed his son over unfinished Thanksgiving chores back in 2009. There was a woman who stabbed her half-brother in the neck with a serving fork over Thanksgiving dinner. And maybe the craziest of all, a man in Little Falls, Minnesota, retired security engineering officer with the U.S. State Department, he had been dealing with people burglarizing his home, and he went to drastic lengths to make sure they never robbed him again. This list all coming from Investigation Discovery, and we're going to get into that coming up on this special bonus edition of Unnatural. up here in just a few minutes we're actually going to play our story about the thanksgiving murder that happened a number of years ago emily you might not even remember this so even though you were there for the recording of this you could listen to it again as well (laughs) But, but uh before we get there there are a few other thanksgiving murders that i've uncovered that i wanted to run by you the first is byron david smith and his Thanksgiving Day murders. So he was a retired security engineering officer with the U.S. State Department. He had a lot of burglaries at his home in Little Falls, Minnesota. Hmm, how about that? Well, after he installed an alarm system with surveillance cameras, he then decided to take matters into his own hands. On Thanksgiving Day in 2012, he waited in his basement with a rifle and video footage actually shows him kind of manipulating his uh, truck to create the illusion of him not being there and two unarmed teens named Haley Elaine Kiefer and Nicholas Brady entered his property Smith he suspected that they had broken into his house 
before he confronted them and fatally shot them. Just w- terrible, you know. Oh my god. Yeah. He Children. killed bo- both of these teenagers and there are actually audio recordings that reveal just kind of his chilling statements and he actually asserted that his actions were that of civic duty and he did not express any sort of remorse and kind of dehumanized his victims, the two children. Strangely, he actually delayed reporting the incident to the police until the following day. And the reason behind this, he said, well, it was a holiday. It was Thanksgiving Day. I didn't want to bother the police. Oh, my God. No, you, you, you were going to try and get away with it and you couldn't fucking figure it out. Just horrible. Another one I found actually also Thanksgiving Day 2012, the same year. That day really took a violent turn for some of the people that were gathered at the residence of 27-year-old Shanika Alsop. Apparently, there was a disagreement between siblings about the meal being served, and Shanika used a serving fork to stab her half-brother, 23-year-old Deontay Wallace, in the neck. And despite the severity of the incident, thankfully, Wallace survived this. But um, Shanika was subsequently arrested and charged with first-degree assault, second-degree assault, and reckless endangerment. Look, I know we all have heated, you know, arguments with family members over the holidays. But <laughs> right. But perhaps don't. Stabbing is bad. Yeah. Okay. This one uh, is kind of crazy, and it's all about unfinished Thanksgiving chores. So the frustration of Elias Oliver, who was 76 years old, uh, towards his son, Keith Oliver, who was 49, just kind of boiled over due to Keith's unwillingness to contribute to household chores. And it reached a deadly climax on Thanksgiving Day in 2009. Now, Elias and his son had allegedly been engaged in some heated arguments for hours before and people were telling them to calm down the mother was telling them to just stop arguing you know how it gets when people are just going at it Mm -hmm. and despite all this the father went upstairs grabbed a 357 caliber revolver and fatally shot his son oh my god yeah i imagine thanksgiving's never going to be the same in that family no that's for sure Jesus. This one was kind of 20 years in the making. It was November 26th, 2009. A guy living in South Florida, Paul Michael Murhidge, shared a festive Thanksgiving meal with 16 family members and friends. And it was a great atmosphere. And people were having conversations. They were laughing, even singing songs. However, the evening took a horrible turn when after dinner, Paul produced a handgun and fatally shot four of his relatives. For what? So the victims included his cousin-in-law, his twin sisters, one of them who was pregnant, 
and his cousin's six-year-old daughter. After, <gasps> yeah. A baby? Thanksgiving night. After this horrifying event, Paul actually remarked, he said, no, well, he said, quote, I've waited 20 years to do this. And then he fled the scene. He was later apprehended and he opted for a plea deal and he received seven consecutive life sentences to avoid the death penalty. I can't believe I had never heard of that story. No, that's insane. Yeah. Speaking of insane, what about cannibalism on Thanksgiving? Intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barcy to Kurt Cobain. Some are predators, and some are prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit BrokenLimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. So, have you ever heard of the Thanksgiving movies? Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. No. Oh my God. You're missing out. So, my friend Alyssa, who, by the way, is a fan of the show, she has. Yeah, thanks, Alyssa. She has a party every year around Thanksgiving time where we watch either the original Thanksgiving or one of the sequels. And they're absolutely awful, but it's so much fun to uh, just drink some wine and watch these. And I was Googling Thanksgiving because I'm not going to be able to watch it in person with her this year because I live, you know, quite a ways away these days. Mm -hmm. So I Googled it and something else came up and that led me down a rabbit hole. I'm sure that's happened with you before. Like every day. (laughs) Right. So... I I googled Thanksgiving, and it ended up uh, showing me something about the Thanksgiving butcher, which I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Here's what it was. So this story takes place in 1991. Her name was Omaima Nelson. She was born in Egypt. And she met an American man at the age of 18. They moved to Texas and got married. Mm -hmm. They divorced shortly after. So here she is in America. 
she's looking for an affluent men to kind of attach herself to. She kind of had a feisty side as well. And she was once caught shoplifting in America where she almost ripped a store's clerk nipple off. Okay. During a confrontation, like the store's clerk, like saw her stealing something and she was like, Hey, you can't do that. And she grabbed her nipple and, Try to tear it off. Savage. Which, I mean, that I'm sure that hurt like hell. Yeah. I know when my friends would give me uh, a purple nurple back in the day, that's what they called it. It hurt like hell. But this was probably to the extreme. Fast forward a few years later, she meets a guy named William Nelson at the bar, right? And mm-hmm. she liked him because he had that money. Oh, yeah. um, He was a rich guy. They decided to go on a horseback riding date with some of his rich friends. And are they single? Well, yeah, she was single. He was single. The friends were together and they're they're on the horses. One of the horses bucked her off and she hit her head really hard on the ground and probably suffered a concussion. Oh, no. But she decided not to go to the hospital. She just kind of brushed it off. As one does. Yeah, but you shouldn't. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't do that with that. Um, she, so she refused any medical treatment. Um, and really, studies of serial killers show that some of those who had some sort of head trauma, like John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer comes to mind. Well... They were already predisposed to violence, but then that head trauma presumably made them commit more heinous acts. Right. A lot of serial killers, not even just serial killers, but like people who kill maybe one or two people often have head trauma somewhere in their history. Right. And they might already be kind of a violent person, but that tips them them over the edge. Right. And so she's only been with this guy, William, for a few weeks. They already get married, which is crazy. And they're spending Thanksgiving night together. Mm -hmm. So they have a turkey dinner. And after the dinner, Omaima kind of insinuated to William that they were going to get their freak on. Right. Mm -hmm. Go. Go, girl. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 gonna get kinky, right? Mm-hmm. So she ties him up, and instead of you know some Turkey Day S and M, she she decides to stab him with a pair of scissors in his chest over twenty times. Then she proceeds to bludgeon him to death with an iron, a clothes iron. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah, so Not he's dead. Not where I thought this was going. Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, so, like, I thought, like, I, you know. You thought she was going to get killed, maybe. Well, not after you said the head trauma thing. <laughs> but, I mean, how are you going to be like, babe, that was well, such a good Thanksgiving dinner let's do it i'm gonna tie you up oh wait 
Why are these scissors in my hand? Boom, boom. <laughs> okay, so we'll buckle up because it, it's going to get even weirder here. Um, so after he died, she spent most of the nights cutting him up and trying to dispose of his body parts down the garbage disposal. The garbage disposal. So much so that the neighbors actually noticed that the garbage disposal was running so much. That's when you know <laughs> that it's it, it's getting pretty bad. If the neighbors notice that your garbage disposal is constantly running. Were they in an apartment? No, they were in a house. So, what year was this? How loud was this, the garbage this disposal? Is, this is 1991. But when you're trying to dispose of human remains, maybe the garbage disposal is working a little bit overtime, I'm guessing. I would assume so. Is she putting bones down there, too? She She was trying to. And so much so that the garbage disposal eventually just petered out. Well, yeah. And that's not what they're made for. I mean, most men are garbage, yeah. correct, but that's not the type of garbage that these garbage disposals are made for. Okay, I'm pretty sure that they have a disclaimer on there that says, not made for human remains. If not, they should. Well, you know, if, if curling irons have to have a warning that says for external use only, then yes, a garbage disposal right. 100% needs a warning against disposing of human remains. Agreed. So... Then she cuts off his head mm. and she wraps it in tinfoil. Does she bake it? Please don't tell me she No. She put it in the freezer okay. in, in between the carrots and the peas. Yeah. And this seems she like an al- adequate spot. <laughs> <laughs> she also put his hands in the fryer to take his fingerprints off. Okay. And she even cut off a large portion of his flesh, mixed it in with the leftover turkey. She poured barbecue sauce on it and had it for a late night snack. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. I don't I don't know if she was doing a Jeffrey Dahmer impersonation here, but uh, or maybe this was right when that movie Silence of the Lambs came out. So maybe she was inspired. I'm not sure, but that really. I thought the Silence of yeah. the Lambs came out in like the mid 80s, mid to late 80s. No, early 90s, huh. early 90s. I remember I actually. My, you know, because the Silence of the Lambs at the time, it was all the talk of the town, right? Yeah. And my parents decided to rent it, but I was too young. I was like, you know, because this is 92, 91, 92. I'm like eight years old, seven years old. So obviously I couldn't watch it with them. Mm-hmm. But my sister and I snuck downstairs and we snuck behind the couch and watched a small portion of the movie. Did you have regrets? Well, our our parents ended up catching us because it was a horrible scene. <laughs> and and they heard us and crying? They heard us gasping and yeah, <laughs> so they they put us back upstairs. So, yeah, that was going on. 
So was that the movie that like kind of scarred you for life? Why do you think I'm scarred for life? <laughs> We're hosting a true crime podcast. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that was the one. You know what what one it was for me? What was it? Scream. Oh. Really? Yeah, um what, I just Like what part traumatized no. you? Um so picture it. What year did Scream come out? 96. Okay. So Scream, picture it. 1996. I'm 6. I'm probably, I, I, this was probably a while after it came out because I feel I was like I was, say. I feel like I was seven or eight. Yeah. I'm at my grandma's house with my cousins, Lauren and Jessica, Lauren and Jessica, if you're listening, this is all your fault. Um, someone, someone rented Scream. It's yeah. playing in the living room at my grandma and grandpa's house. VHS. I, VHS. I think um, maybe it was maybe it was my cousin Jared. I don't know. It was one of my cousins. I blame them. It's all their fault. Um, I feel like I remember my grandma trying to keep me out of the living room so they could watch this movie because they were all older than me and it's right. rated R. I'm eight, um, but I distinctly <laughs> remember seeing. Um. Just kind of like the first, and I think the reason why they pulled me away is because my grandma was like, shit, you're not watching that. Because I remember like the first handful of minutes and the, the, the part that is, has forever been burned into my brain is that mm. very short clip where Drew Barrymore's, Drew Barrymore's character is hung up in the tree and she's cut oh, open. Yeah. That forever. In my brain, and that was like, I had nightmares about that. I had nightmares about um, the rescuers down under. Um, <laughs> okay, at the end, at the end, you know where the bad guy has the little boy in the cage dangling over the okay, yeah, the yeah, yeah, snapping yeah. crocodiles. I would have nightmares about being in that Aww. same situation when I was little. Poor little Emily. I still to this, and it's Disney's fault because it's all the scary <laughs> animals. Because still to this day, I have nightmares about getting chased, killed, or eaten by large predatory animals. I'm done. Continue. I don't even remember where it was. Hey, I gotta say, Rescuers Down Under is a damn good movie. She ate him, and you were wondering if he was, if she was inspired by Jeffrey Dahmer, but it was also the same time that Silence of the Lambs came out. That's right. So she put the rest of William into garbage bags, and then she went to her ex-boyfriend's house, where she's like, hey... Help me get rid of this body and I'll give you 75 grand and two motorcycles. And he's like, okay, sure. Just wait outside. Meantime, homeboy calls the police, which he should have. And they come by and they nab her waiting outside. 
And they're like, hey, what's in the garbage bags? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. And then they look inside and see a pair of his lungs. His lungs? His lungs. So his, she like... His decayed, dark lungs because he was a heavy smoker. And they that that's what was the first thing they saw. All right. <sighs> <laughs> so, of course, she was taken to jail. And she's been in jail ever since the, well, 1991. Andy, how was this a palate cleanser? It's a palate cleanser because I did a deep dive on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Palate cleansers are supposed to be happy, feel-good stories. (laughs) We're not cannibalism, okay? Maybe, Maybe we should rethink the palate cleanser. So she's been up for parole twice. Once in 2006 and again in 2011. Uh-huh. But both times the judge deemed that she did not show any sign of remorse, which uh-huh. if, if it were I, me in prison, I'd be like, uh, fake it till you make it. I don't know. I know that sounds crazy, but would you try and pretend like you were remorseful? I would. I don't know. It depends. I, isn't that? Let's explore that, shall we? Maybe (laughs) if I were ever to murder somebody, I can say that without a doubt, whoever finally pushed me to snap and commit murder 100% deserves it from my point of view. Mm -hmm. So would I be remorseful? Probably not because they had it coming. Yeah, but here's my thing. He 20, had it coming. 20 years he later. He had it coming. He only had himself to blame. If you'd have been there, if you'd have seen it, I bet you, you would have done the same. Chicago, watch it. It's a good movie. Okay, it's a good movie. Um, However... I will. I, I my rebuttal is if it's been twenty years that you've been in prison, and you really, really, really want to get out. Does maybe, she really, really, really want to get out? Well, I, I mean, it seems like it. Maybe, maybe she's institutionalized. You're right. But if you really want to get out, maybe you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best idea. But I feel like the parole board people, whatever they're called, like they have they their own agendas. They gotta be able to smell bullshit from. 10 Maybe. miles away. Maybe. You think. Her next parole hearing is set for 2026. And uh, there it is. The uh, Thanksgiving butcher, as she's called. So well, getting you. And assuming we are still doing this in 2026, we'll let you know how that pans out. We will. And by the way, side notes. Um we are taking Thanksgiving week off, so we will be back with you first week of December. But we do want to give a shout out to our good friend Molly, who is the voice of the Unnatural Palate Cleanse. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for doing that for us. Molly, you are such a gem. I love you so much. And I appreciate your contribution to the podcast. And I am still waiting 
and looking forward to your future podcast. Yeah. Because I think you should do it. I really do. So coming up in two weeks, Emily, we are going to discuss the case of the most notorious serial killer that the nation of Canada has ever seen. His name, his nickname was the Pig Farmer Killer. You know, I want to circle back to our serial killer name rankings, and I want to put this one at the bottom. The pig farmer killer? Well, wait till you hear the story. So far, I'm not impressed. Maybe it has something to do with Belle Gunness. I don't know. She keeps popping up in this podcast. Maybe she has something to do with this one. Because low-key, she was a bad bitch. Like, yes, girl, get that money. I mean, because she had something to do with pigs, so she did. Yeah, and All maybe right. this guy did too. I guess we'll see. We'll find out in two weeks. We'll find out. All right, guys. We'll talk to you then. Are we making good choices and not getting got? Yes. Okay. In the meantime, make good choices. Don't get got. Bye. time I gave a guy the finger uh, I was God that sounded gross with the way I said it but did you tickle his prostate <laughs> shut the <laughs> fuck up there's that train again should we start over I hear the train are coming coming around the bend I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when You actually like looked like Joaquin Phoenix there. (laughs) That was a compliment. It was a compliment.